As you're about to cast your spell, the troll swings his club. You cast Misty Step, but you need to roll to see if you can cast in time. Hello, Dale? Are you um, going to roll or? Bit of an issue. I can't find my dice. Um. Yeah, it fell off the table and I don't know where it is. Well, um. Well, the spell doesn't cast. And as the troll swings his club, he says, This wouldn't be an issue if you had used digital dice. And welcome to this week's episode of Easy Mode. Welcome in, everyone. Hello, everybody. That is Henry K. He is, I would say, a good dungeon master, except he always wants to get me killed. And that's Delay Dale. She's my favorite troll. Welcome to this week's episode of the Easy Mode, where we're going to be talking about going digital games mm-hmm. that have had a physical presence that now live in the digital space. And I want to say the inspo for this week's episode was when I Googled games in the newspaper instead of games in the news and up came the New York Times like crossword puzzle and was mm-hmm. like, wait a second. Which I love. Which I love. So that's what kind of inspired this week's episode. But yes, just like Henry had said, traditional games transformed through digital. So uh, we're going to talk through classic games. We're gonna, Henry's going to talk about some uh, tabletop RPGs. And it's going to mm-hmm. be an overall great time. I love uh, this episode. I'm so excited. I, I love these kind of episodes that are relatable to everybody, regardless of what age you are. Um, so boomers, if you're listening, this is an episode for you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we have Dale here to represent. Um, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I am the boomer of the two. <laughs> um, Dale, do you want to roll to see if we're going to have a good episode or a bad one? I well, I would if I could find my dice. Well, here I have a digital one. <gasps> oh right. my gosh, you rolled a natural twenty. Wow, that's really good. Just in case you don't know. Oh, thank you. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into the adventure of this week's episode of Easy, Easy Mode. Mode. All right, Henry. Let's have a little chat about our lives before technology. What did we play? What did you play with your family or by yourself? I was like, uh, my family. <laughs> I know, me too. When I said that, I'm like, my family? No, no, it was all solo for me. <laughs> um, honestly, growing up, and this is, I was, this like, can really reveal who I am, but like, I used to play in the backyard with a stick, like a big like broomstick that had no broom at the end. And I'd go okay. on like, these like fantasy, like adventure journeys that I would like tell in my head. I love that. Very creative. That's not really the thinking that I was going for. I was thinking more like, did you play any puzzles? <laughs> I love that, though. I'm very no. creative. I don't think that game has made its way to digital form yet. But or has down it? The future. Or has it maybe? Well, no, there's a lot of like wizarding. No, let's not talk about that. Um. So, yes, the reason I asked that is because for myself growing up, I played a lot of uh, like puzzles. I had a lot of physical puzzles and um. I also had board games that I would play with my brother. However, those board games are very outdated and they're not made it to digital. But mm-hmm. it brought up the question of what about these traditional games that we've played in our youth or, you know, previously before, like the whole push to digital era? What have we played and where are they now? How have they changed? And so the first one I want to talk to you about is Jigsaw Puzzles. Um, Wait, have- I did have a Jigsaw Puzzle. I had one. Oh, you did? I sort of weird story. <laughs> I had a Barney Jigsaw Puzzle. And then when I finished oh, it, we glued it to a piece of cardboard and then... That was it because it was what do you do after you're done, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually funny that you said that um, while they were a quarantine hit, the whole puzzle, jigsaw puzzle movement, there are some downsides to puzzles. What if you lose a piece? Then what? Yeah. Shit out of luck. Right. And then what, when the puzzle's completed, what do you do? 
You, some people put it away. Some people frame it. I don't have like I don't know. I don't really want to frame a puzzle on my wall. Um. Also, what do you do when you're stuck? What if you're alone and you're stuck and you don't know what to do with the puzzle? What, what, what do you do then? You do nothing. You sit there and you're like, oh well, I guess this is it. Uh. So now with the push to digital, online has actually solved all of this. There are no missing pieces. There's no cleaning up after if you're stuck. The, the game no cleanup is great. The no cleanup, amazing. Um. Actually, fun little fact. I would do mine on like a blanket, so it's easier for me to move when I was like not. Oh, that's stuff. Like if, then I could just move it wherever as opposed to starting it all over. I know I was a smart little kid and then I lost my brain cells growing up. Um, also, yeah, you definitely have. I definitely did. Um, what sane person would go into accounting? I digress. <laughs> Another fun thing is like with this new digital movement of like uh, jigsaw puzzles to digital, you can actually turn your own pictures into puzzles. Not <gasps> I like, love that. You know how you can actually order your pictures into puzzles this is just like in an app so i think that's actually very cool you're never actually going to get stuck on anything and you can always have like a fresh new set of puzzles and you can increase the number of pieces that you want for difficulty so i think that's really oh. really cool um, i do love that i've been wanting to do puzzles lately because i saw a tiktok where these two sisters are like competitive puzzle builders like they oh it's like yeah. a, they go to like national speed contests and they compete in like the solo and duo categories there's a cat like there's a competition for everything. I swear, I didn't there know is. There's something for puzzles. But also, like maybe jigsaw puzzles would be good for me when like I'm working on something but need to take like a quick brain break. But maybe like loading up a full video game isn't the, like, the is right a lot. solution. Yeah. I also do want to add that there is a like cooperative puzzle play to it as well. I've seen a lot of streamers do puzzle. I don't know what the puzzle site is, but they all collectively with their community will work on a puzzle together. So I think that's, that's actually cute. quite. Quite like a cool little thing. Um, tell us uh, if you're listening. Did you do you play with puzzles? Do you have puzzles? I think puzzles are a good game for children. If you don't want to inc- like introduce them to the iPad kid yet, okay, just saying that right now. I like that. Um, next game is an absolute classic. Uno, which I still see TikToks about, and I still see memes about like take seven or whatever. You know, like those memes that we're talking yeah. about in Uno. Uh, so while the game is great, it does have its drawbacks. First of all, you need the Uno board. You need the cards. If you lose any of these items, you cannot play. Simply cannot. Uh, it can be time consuming to set up. And if you don't have anyone else to play with, well, then that is you're, you're out of luck. Yeah. Right. Um, were you somebody that loved Uno? I do love Uno because it's simple. It is simple. It's dramatic. Very. There's a lot of betrayal. There's mind games. There is so much betrayal. And if you play with people who are competitive and you have a little bit of anger, watch out. <laughs> But yes, Uno has also made its way into the online world after the official publisher launched a mobile application for both Android and iOS. I remember that. And through the app, you can actually play with your friends or random players from around the world, keeping you connected and, you know, having a good time. Oh, I should have said Uno, having a good time. (laughs) I love an online game with a stranger because, like, I wanted to beat them so bad at whatever. Oh, my God. Like, words with friends and, like, that, like, digital scrabble. Like, yes. I'm just like, you're going down, Linda from Michigan. Cause there's no like you don't know them. Yeah, no, and you know, you but they were gonna know me, more. and that I whoop their butts at Until fucking words you. with friends or digital mm-hmm. Uno. Oh my god, words with friends got so competitive. I got it, it in high school. I'm like so competitive. Um, this next one I feel like doesn't need too much of a background. It's a game that hasn't changed for centuries. Uh, chess. We do you play chess? Um, I I would like to do it more. I get how all the pieces move. But like I don't. Yeah, have, like, I'd like to do it more too. I'm, I, me neither. I would like to get into that. It is a very popular game. The game hasn't super changed, um, but with the new Chess Ultra, it's an example of how technology can digitally transform these traditional games and give them an entirely new look and feel. 
So the Grandmaster approved AI, so it's approved by the Grandmaster, which is wild. Virtual reality gameplay, stunning 4K visuals, and seamless online multiplayer. Chess has never looked so good. And I've actually played the new, that Chess Ultra. And well, and also it, it allows like the people or globally who are like the top of their game to play against each other through a digital platform. So like, yes, you don't yes. have to travel from like the other side, like Russia to the United States to have no, like, you really two people don't. play. Chess is so popular. After the, like, um, it is so popular, but even after mm-hmm. that show on Netflix, um, what's the name of it? The Gambit or whatever. Yeah, Queen's, Queen's Gambit. Gambit. Yeah. Um, chess, the chess, the digital chess, like boom, really came boom. out. Like a mm-hmm. lot of more people started playing chess, and there's some like big streamers who play chess, which I love. Yes. So like, yes. chess has also, definitely does have like a digital footprint now that it didn't have before. I knew some people who would use chess as a way to stay connected with their family over COVID when they couldn't see each other because like they don't game like their parents or the grandparents don't game. But like these the mechanics of chess haven't changed. You're just no. doing it on your phone or your computer. Mm-hmm. So they use chess as a way to compete and still stay in contact with their family and just have like a little bit of that um, that bond, which I thought was really cool. I yeah. played a few online. You, you and I should play together. Have a competitive chess night. We should. We will I'll both be stuck on opening move. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm just like, well, whatever happens, I, I'm the one thing I'm not is ever two steps ahead of anyone. No, I'm barely a step ahead of myself. Okay, if anything, if I go too fast, I'm gonna trip. Catching up so. to myself. <laughs> and finally, a game that I've talked about on this uh, podcast many a time. Uh, it was featured on our puzzle episode, the game of Tetris, which was one of the first puzzle video games ever launched. Um, the reason we bring this up is because actually in 1989, the software developers launched Tetris on the Game Boy and it sold a whopping 35 million units to date. However, since then, it's taken a step further thanks to VR technology. So it's called Tetris Effect and it's released back in the end of 2021. It brings a whole new spin to the age of classic Tetris with the inclusion of over 10 different game modes across 30 stages while you're in VR. That's wild. I, that is actually wild. I think I would be a little bit, I don't know, VR kind of scares me and I've talked about this before, but... Something else about Tetris is I'm highly competitive, you and they are also did at Tetris. I, at Tetris, it's blame my father because him and I. I told you that story back in the day, but yeah, the multiplayer expansion also allows you to compete with friends or random people all over the internet because uh, you are just fighting it over number one on the leaderboard. And the VR aspects create more of an immersive experience that take Tetris the next level. Get it? Next level. I'm really on a roll today, and you haven't been giving me any of like laughter. I need, think I need a laugh track for this. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Thank Dale. Thank you. That was that was very very fast, but it's okay. Um, yeah. So those are the the games I wanted to talk about that were very traditional that moved over to digital. Um, a couple other mentions that I just wanted to touch on without going into too much detail are games that I've actually played on the in the airport or on a plane. Um, with the exception of one that you're Dale's like, travel game recommendations. <laughs> Dale's travel game recommendations. So back in the day before I had a cell phone flying over to London, I had a little book that I got from the dollar store. It was Sudoku. You know, just I had my little pay. What is it? My my book, my pencil. I played Sudoku. Another very popular one are crossword puzzles. You see them in the the New York Times or Daily yes, Newspaper. I have the New York Times app where I play the digital crosswords. And you yes. have to subscribe for the full ones, but they actually have a daily mini you could do, which I love the daily mini. And a few of my coworkers, that. we would see, we would like check in with each other to see who did it the fastest that day. Oh, someday, and I think they won a few so days. Cool. But I love a crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. And finally, Mahjong, Henry. I don't know if you've played this. My mother actually taught me how to play this, and uh, made its way from traditional all the way over to digital with many different game modes. I remember it being so. one of the earliest apps on like the i the iPod Touch. Oh, I just Mahjong's been around for a long time. Um, my Windows XP. Back when oh my I gosh. was a child, and I'm really dating myself here, but 
Yes. How fun. I love this. I love this topic so far. I know. Okay. So I'm going to take you through um, another like, ta- this is going to be like more like physical as in tabletop to digital. Mm-hmm. And this is, I'm going to cover like one topic and one sort of style of game for you here. I mean, this is sort of like a whole like universe now, I feel. And even like beyond, someone could say multiple. Um, but I'm going to talk about D&D. So like D&D is like one of the original tabletop games. It was made in 1974, very long ago now, yes. by Tactical Studies Rules. It was published by Wizards of the Coast, which is now owned by Hasbro since 1977. And the game was derived from like those miniature war games. So like... Um, the original one that was made based off of was the 1971 game Chainmail, and that was like the original rule system, even though now it does mm-hmm. have its own rule system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, D&D is really like recognized and like credited for being like the origin of modern role playing games and like the whole mm-hmm. role playing industry. And when we so say popular. industry, I mean industry. So like, yes, I'm going to take you through just like the scope. And the first thing I want to touch on, because this is just one example of this, but in 2021, Twitch had a leak where um, everyone's, like, finances were sort of leaked on how much, like, streamers were being paid out, streamers and channels. Yes. Um, and to everyone's, like, big surprise, um, not surprise, but big surprise, um, Critical Role, which is a Twitch channel where um, it's a band of professional voice actors, improvisers, role players, uh, play their way through different Dungeons & Dragons campaigns. So always, like, diverse casts, different groups of people going through different stories and campaigns. And in that leak in 2021, we learned that Critical Role was the highest earner on Twitch, number one, and received wow. a total direct payout of $9 million from, from spanning between, um, almost $10 million from spanning between September 2019 to September 2021. They were number one? I didn't know that they were number one. That's wild. Yeah. I'm just learning something. How cool. And that's Good just their Twitch channel. Their scope their is channel. actually global. They have over mm-hmm. nine podcasts. They have an Amazon animated TV show and they have a whole global commerce system. Now, there are other th- platforms like Critical Role that are like what they're doing. I mean, what they're doing is taking D&D mm-hmm. and making it digital, providing a digital mm-hmm. experience for not only for people to play, but for people to watch and be entertained by. Wow. So as opposed to watching someone play D&D in your living room, you're watching them on the internet or listening to them on your podcast, like where you're listening yes. to this episode of Easy Mode. I love that. You yeah. Played, you've played D&D. I know you've played like Baldur's Gate is similar to D&D, right? Or- yeah. So there's a few like video games that are like that tabletop experience brought to like mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, like especially in that D&D style, like Celasta being one of them, Baldur's Gate. If you ever played Divinity or Pillars of Eternity, those are all like. Okay. streamed along that same essence but there's actually some two other games i want to cover um so not out yet and probably won't be out till 2024 dungeons and dragons themselves are making a game um that is sort of creating a virtual tabletop for everyone so this is their first like their game where um you'll be able to create miniature figures and it's going to be an authentic D tabletop experience that aims to translate the feeling of playing in person to online so this is going to be in they're not making a game with a different story they're not making a game where like it's like a DD style game like Celeste or baldur's gate where like the stories are really there and you play through choices like it's not a campaign it, they're creating the tabletop they're creating your miniatures they're creating your environment they're creating the tools for you to play your own story in a digital landscape there's going to be some impressive like tilt shift cameras there's some pictures out there so if you want to check those out check this out we'll try to tweet some of them out um you'll be able to create your own small miniature so you will have that sort of like game night tabletop experience mm-hmm. uh they're going to have health bars so like it's going to be like an addition some like 
fun digital integrations to an authentic tabletop experience. That is um, so wonderful. And I think that also removes some of the negatives of playing tabletops. Because for myself, I'm so bad at keeping track of like my health or like on like. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, I got hit. Stuff. Okay. I got hit. Okay. What? No, I did that. Sorry. So I'm really bad at that. I think that's actually a really cool thing. And I think it's actually going to bring more people, um, maybe who are really curious and haven't had a chance to try any tabletop RPG or D&D to try it out themselves. Because a hard part of it, IRL, is actually finding a group to play with, finding people that you connect with. And yeah. A day like, that works like, for everyone. A, a location that works for, that works for yes. everyone. And then people sit. You know, it's a lot of like coordination. So that's really cool. Shout yes. Out to them. I'm excited. Um, but also this sort of like D&D tabletop experience is beyond just Dungeons and Dragons now. There's um, TTRPG is not just the Dungeons and Dragons brand. It's a lot mm -hmm. more than that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I wanted to cover is this amazing free to use in browser um, gaming experience called One More Multiverse. So I actually downloaded One More Multiverse a year ago when I was into like TTRPGs. And um, One More Multiverse is in was like a program that you can play in browser that allows you to create custom characters, levels, and worlds to explore. And they offer you over 2,500 handcrafted assets to use. So you can actually create like a tabletop art, like overview where you like decorate it and everything. I started this, so I do know um, you like create this like experience, this room, this atmosphere, um, you create NPCs, you create your items, you using like there's a lot of pixel art and other things you can use this to create so it. This is so beautiful. I'm and just you, looking on the website right now. Wow. Yes. Um, one of the most amazing things is that you can share communities and people can share their assets that they made original for everyone else to use in the way they want. Um, and it also allows you to have cinematic moments. Like you can write out scenes and like cinematic moments. It's all like this gorgeous pixel art. And the, I think the most fantastic part is in browser and even better, it's free to play. Mm -hmm. So you can create they do have some packages that I see here. Yes. So for more, two, yeah, two different things. So they um, the game is totally free to play. This is for people who are like dungeon masters and you create a campaign for your people to play through. You create it all from scratch. You create it yourselves. But for people who don't want to create their own campaigns, the only way they make money is they collaborate with artists and storytellers to create like pre-made campaigns for people to buy. So Everything is free for you. The community is uploading free assets, but they are working with market players. They have three different ones: Humblewood, um, I think Blades, yeah, Yosebas, yeah. So they all made um, they made campaigns for people to buy for if they wanted to buy them. But the game itself and all its assets are free to play and use and share, all in one place for you. Yeah, that's multiverse.com. That's really cool. You just like really taught me so much. So I guess to anybody who's interested, check this out. Also, I will say if you click on their about us, they have the cutest little art for each person who works there. That is adorable. I love yeah, it. Yeah, so when you make your character in that, it's like a very cute, very customizable pixel art character. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of like diversity and inclusion and um, amazing art, like ways to express your character and class. Mm -hmm. It's super, super fun. Um but yeah, some so I mean this like TTRPG world and universe that has been used to be like in people's basements, like you see on Stranger Things, yes, yes, is Stranger now Things. digital, global, <laughs> and accessible to everyone. Like beyond Dungeons and Dragons to like something like um, One More Multiverse, which is free. So like the accessibility to like the storytelling gaming experience is everywhere now. Um, also, D and D is like what it's just one of few of many board games that are going digital. 
Um, mm-hmm. Settlers of Catan recently announced a game. I love Settlers of Catan. That's a board game I do love playing. It is competitive, but I think it's like fun competitive. Like you really, you get, it's like a way. I, I guess like I don't know. Like I can think in the way I should for Settlers of Catan. Yeah, I can for other games, but I can't for Settlers of Catan. I've never um, actually played Catan, and it's I know really that fun. Way. I've heard that. I'm yeah. excited to learn to play it, and I it takes a little bit of time, and it also yeah. takes social skills because you have to negotiate, like trading oh. resources. And so, are you basically things. saying I don't have social skills? What was that comment? Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm there just saying it, it takes social skills, <laughs> which is a challenge. Um, Unlike the family yeah. breaking game of Monopoly. Monopoly. Don't even get me started on Monopoly. I don't know what I know it we've is. Talked about side note, Monopoly. Mm-hmm. We should end it. I think we would have peace in the United States if we ended <laughs> Monopoly. <laughs> Um, but moving forward, um, a game you told me about that I actually I can't wait to try out. Yes. Scythe is a digital Scythe. board. I'm sorry. Scythe is a board game tabletop game yes. that if you're into tabletop game culture, a um, very, very popular game in that space, um, very well reviewed. Um, they're launching a digital version of the game, which is so exciting. Yes. Scythe is the digital edition. It's I've heard people tell me it is still similar to settlers of Catan. it um, is ish yeah yes is ish and there's like dlc what i really like about the digital edition is that every faction that you play because it's based off like a different country historically has their own music for that faction it's not like a that. universal game thing so if you're playing let's say um i don't know the nordic faction very creepy nordic music and it's very cool i really enjoy it um a game that we actually didn't talk about here but is free to play online uh unless you want to get the expansion is called dominion the, it's a deck building mm, game so yeah. I don't know if you've heard of if you like deck building games in person what I like about online is there's no cleanup and it just goes so fast and you can connect with literally anybody in the world so I uh, hit us up if you like any of those games I'm totally down to play um, but yes I love this push of like board games to digital and also like you can relive some of like the memories of your childhood maybe not Monopoly because I don't no. want to relive no the one trauma. wants to go through Monopoly unless no you were like the therapy. person who always won at Monopoly especially oh it gets really personal but yeah let us know if there are any games that you played as a board as a board game that you when you were a board, board game, game growing up you let me know what kid up. you wanted to be <laughs> you know what i mean you know I what do. i mean I um do. yeah that brings us to the end of this week's episode i think it was fantastic before we do go henry tell me what your favorite board game was okay is this game called i don't remember mousetrap <gasps> i didn't really oh God, get how to play it but too. i loved it Oh my gosh, but the worst part was building it up with all oh, the Oh, I love building it. Oh my god, Mousetrap was Mousetrap such a was good Mousetrap was such one. a good board game. Um, let us know your favorite board game. What's also, yours? Yeah, let us know. And, what, uh, no, what's yours, like, Dale? Well, I did say Mousetrap. I said that was going to be my answer, Oh, too. that was going to be your answer? Yes. I have so many memories of it playing with my brother. That's like, crazy. That's yeah. such a weird game to have, like... It is. I don't think they make board games like that anymore. I feel like they're too intricate for, like, children these days with That's their attention span. a lot of pieces. Span. Also, also hungry, like the, hungry the, hippos. The cost. Uh, that that's was not fun. a board game. No, it's not a board game though. But I liked it. <laughs> How fun! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was my answer. But yes, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Let us know your favorite board game growing up. Um, are you competitive with Tetris? And you know, follow us on Easy Mode. All our socials are at Easy Mode Show. Yeah, but until next week's episode, everyone, make sure to keep it easy. Mode. <laughs> we'll see you next game next week on Board Games, children. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>